okay, then pick it, pick a note. I picked it. And what did I do? Picked a different yeah. one. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? Uh, this week, ladies of another, you're not going to hear Reed and I talk together, except in in the next minute or so, um, because I was in rehearsal and Reed was. I was in Boston, and then yeah. I was going to go to Dresden, but I didn't. <laughs> you did I explained it, it on you the did thing. It. You explained it. <laughs> I didn't go. Reed will explain it in a voicemail. I'll be doing an interview with Aaron Markey, and um, and that's what's going on with stuff. Right. And then you'll also get a, uh, you'll get to hear a review. A review? Yeah, from you. Don't you talk about it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. do. Yeah, you should do. We just had dinner. Right of spring. At um, After Right. After, after birth. After right. Did you say after birth in your? I have to hear you. No, your I never yet. said after birth. Oh, okay. Well, I'm very straightforward. I didn't. I didn't um, tear it apart. Oh, cool. Just sort of commented on it. This and that. It's not. Um, it's not. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't care. <laughs> it's. <Yeah. laughs> We're going to keep all of this. I know. We're going to keep all of this. There's not even this. time to edit it, quite you know, frankly, because not, it's after 10 yeah, o'clock. It's after 10 o'clock on a Thursday night. We, Jeremy guys. and I have to run home and like upload this quickly. We just dated Archistratus. Paige, um, thank you. Paige, thank you. She made um, penne pie with eggs. It was eggs incredible. And it had, like deli meat. <laughs> and it had literally Wyatt ate half. It had literally everything in. I ate the Big full cares. thing. I love that. It was so favorite. good. It was so delicious. And now you're going to hear an interview with Aaron and me and then you're going to hear Reed's response to it. I was going to say it. something about, else um, about that interview that I didn't mention earlier. About what that me and Aaron. Uh-huh. I love the part where she talked about her siblings being business people. I already said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I already said that. <laughs> I think you already said that. Uh-huh. Oh, I give it away. Oh, yeah, you, you are giving it away. <laughs> yeah, that's alert, it, this alert. is going to come out. <laughs> uh, we're drunk. Love you. Um, all right. Uh, it's it's day one of Peter Pan rehearsal, which means a lot. But mainly what it means for me is I get to do with Aaron Markey now on a consistent daily basis. Ladies, gentlemen, and other Aaron Markey. I have known Aaron since 2007. Over a decade. Over a decade. Uh, when I made my first New York show and she made her first New York show called Puppy Love, she blew me away then. She continues to astound. She's playing Wendy in this Peter Pan that we're doing. <laughs> and uh, her read-through today was transcendent. As transcendent as I felt. Even more transcendent than when you came into audition. Um, and we're chatting right now in our break. Uh, because I also wanted to let you all know about her, upco- her, her show that's opened now called Singlet. Which is at the Bushwick Star. And is currently running until June... Third, and but by the time this podcast comes out, we will be this Friday. We will have an, announced the extension through June twelfth. Ah, uh, good, good, good. Is this so? This is your mm, what show would you say in terms of scripts? Which is the is this your third? Would you say? No, I wouldn't. I would say that I don't know fifth sixth maybe it's just that they haven't all been in New York I see because I obviously saw Puppy Love and then I saw I saw Puppy Love twice because I saw the remount at PS and then Ride an Irish Cream Mm -hmm. 
Boner Killer, which people don't think is scripted, but it is. And I didn't get to see Boner Killer. And in this one, and then I did one in San Francisco called The Dirty Family Home Movies by Stephen Sondheim by Aaron Markey oh. that I never brought here. Which did is Stephen like, get to hear it or see it? No. But I've heard he's a fan. Well, because I did Assassins last summer, I got to meet him, and I could barely keep my poop inside of my pants. <laughs> yeah, that would really be... That would really be a lot. Yeah. That would really also be the, the most extreme person from musical theater I could meet. My parents met him first, though, what? at the after party. Like, after Assassins was over, they just, like, <laughs> ditched the backstage, went straight to the after party, and started hanging out with Stephen Sondheim by themselves. What did your dad and mom say to Stephen Sondheim they didn't really to know who he was. Oh, they, they were, were just, just like, like hey. our daughter was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Squeaky pro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then when they found out that it was him. Um, did they know who Stephen Sondheim was? They're more Andrew Lloyd Webber people. Right. You and I you know. share that yeah. in common. <laughs> Aaron and I both grew up listening to Phantom of the Opera a lot. And something that you can all look forward to is um, our Insta stories where uh, I'll be Christine and Aaron will be Meg, Raoul, and, and Phantom. Phantom. <laughs> it's really, I really am obsessed with saying Raoul. <gasps> Raoul. Who will be our Carlotta? Um, that'll be like, we'll ask Jen to come up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Idea. Like, Jen Nothing just, to needs, lose. Jen Jen just needs to come up. <laughs> Nothing to, like, no holds bars. I just saw Jen in the new Durang. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where is There's that no even playing? There's no way you're going to be able to go see it because of your show. It says I'm a Carter in Princeton, but do you know uh-huh. Christine Nielsen? I know who she is. So, my personally. first off Broadway play was the Durang with Christine, and she, literally, if I was to say who has most affected me in terms of comedy, it's Christine Nielsen. She's, mm. it's like watching a god. It's truly a god of comedy. A, a god of comedy. Yeah, there's no, like, you, I can't think of anyone who can shock me as hard. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. You know what I'm, and Christine Nielsen rose again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Jen, Jen, Jen's planning on coming to see this show. Jen Harris is, is planning to come see this show. And that'll be our and our instant mo- our instant moment of fandom. That is sort of our demo for happening at the pub. Quite frankly, I mean, our twenty four hour phantom. All we would have to do is call Shanta on this podcast right now. <laughs> call we her, should just, just live call, call her, Shanta. Live call her. If only I had my headset. We yeah, we should call her. And be like, we want to do it. And I'm I am obsessed with calling it twenty four hour phantom, but doing it for forty five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 24-hour phantom colon, what is time anyway? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm trying to think of that line, down once more, da-da-da-da, to the... I can't remember. It's all blurry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Stephen Sondheim, Mm -hmm. your mom and dad, your dad would blare Phantom of the Opera music every Halloween out of the windows. Many children would not want to get candy from our house, but... That was truly the only reason. We were popular in the neighborhood. I'm sure. Do you have a sibling? I have two siblings. I'm the middle child. Oh, you're the Jan. What do your siblings do? Um, they're both business people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't totally like, know. Like, what is that? That's like my friend Jamie who works in, he worked for Google. He was in this building. We're in the, by the way, ladies, gentlemen, and other, we're in the Atlantic Theater Company Rehearsal Studios. 
And I'm hoping and praying that Aaron and I bump into Miss David Mamet while we're here because <laughs> because I wanna I've got a lot to say to to David Mamet, such as you're a terrible playwright. And B, I would love to read one of your plays one day. Yes, exactly, exactly. Actually, you and I should do Oleana, except you'd be the professor and I'd be Oleana, the, the student. When it's, you said Oleana, all I heard was Xanadu. Uh, I wish it was called Oleana Xanadu. <laughs> Oleana do? Where it would be Oleana but done on roller skates. Do you know what Oleana is? It's this no. play where this professor, I, it's something like he gives this female student a bad grade and she's like, I'm going to accuse you of sexual assault. It's like, you know, from the 80s or Wait, 90s. Wait, he gives a female, she says she's going to accuse she ends up. She ends up being kind of the villain even though she's like the younger female mm, student. You sounds know? really good. <laughs> Well, I think we should do it where you're the professor and I'm Oleana. All right, but you'll have to fucking... I mean, when you Take it. see Singlet, you'll see that there's a similar scene in there. I can't wait. So to Singlet, let's get to the show you're doing now. It's mm-hmm. at the Bushwick Star, Yeah. written by you, Yeah. solely, mm-hmm. directed by... Jordan Fine. She is so fine. Do you know Jordan Fine? Of course. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. J'aime Jordan. I mean, I met Jordan when... During Ride on Irish Cream. Oh, yeah, yeah. I met that queen then. Yeah. And he fell in love. He's a true collaborator of the highest order. Yeah. He's really, like, no ego in the game, but enough taste to, like, have a sort of easy ego in the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? To have some form for the content, Mm -hmm. that outside eye. And it's with... And it's a duet for you, a duet. It's a, a two-hander, I guess is yeah. what we call it. I didn't theater. know. I had never heard that phrase, a two-hander, before. Really? Before I show? wrote this. And I saw somebody comment when Bushwick Star announced it. Somebody commented, a, like, pretty run-of-the-mill two-hander or something like what? that. And I thought that, that he meant, like, a two-hander meant, like, jacking off. And I was That's like, amazing. disgusting. That's amazing. God, everywhere I go, people sexualize <laughs> why, me. Why do people always <laughs> sexualize me <laughs> I wish I might actually change my Instagram description to that <laughs> why do people always sexualize me ellipses gosh dad <laughs> um, okay call Shanta call Shanta I'm gonna call her up um, I Miss Vanjie oh. <laughs> thank you Thank you. I'm so happy you're in this show. It's really gonna like it's that we're gonna have this much time together, Aaron, is like gonna have to pick a a lot of carrots. It's really it's also gonna feel I also feel that a scene, a psychic scene that happens for us is um Mrs. Webb and Emily in the pea snapping scene from our town. Oh where she's like, Mama, am I pretty? Which is like Emily (laughs) You're very pretty now, be quiet. Which one do you want to be? I think it's, you know, we do it like True West. We'd only do that scene, but we would like switch back and forth in it. In Singlet, who, it's with you, is is she a friend of yours? That's what the press says. She's my very close friend, Emily Davis, who I've worked with a lot and who... What have you worked with Emily in? um, I'm in a company called Half Straddle. Oh, yeah. And we... Emily's in that? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I wanted when Jibs that. was in town playing the police woman. What in what was she playing the police woman? Oh no, that's room for cream. 
That's totally oh, different. Oh, right, 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 right. I mean, right. just Barbagallo across the board. But right, right, right. Sorry, totally right. Totally different project. Right. Sorry. Half Straddle Half did Straddle that like, amazing dance piece in the basement of Abrams. Well, it wasn't yes, a dance House piece, dance. but it was about, yeah, mm-hmm. that was so good. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. I went to that show on Halloween, and it was a wonderful night to go see that show because me and Becca, my partner, were wearing matching Big Bird costumes and uh, nobody could accuse us of upstaging because it was Halloween. That's so I remember actually seeing you in Abrams on yep. that night. Really? And do you know that I've known Becca since I mean Becca's you know this. Becca and I have known each other since I was nineteen. Uh I don't Because that really play I did cri- with Christine Nielsen. Becca, Becca did sound was for. sound yeah, she was sound. They were sound. Yeah. Backstage. That's crazy. That was yeah, when I met Becca Becca was she, but I but was still, I was like, you're going to fuck me. Did I Becca still... have long hair or short hair then? I just always, Becca was, I would, Becca was always the top for me. Sure. But I mean, maybe I make everyone the top that way. Like sure. I, I top from the bottom. So. I, I'm with you. I know. We shake hands in a lot of, <laughs> in a lot of arenas. <laughs> We're two-handers in a lot of arenas. <laughs> and I was like. And Becca was so, I was so like, oh, you're so hot. And I um, and I would just like flirt with Becca relentlessly back, backstage. And Becca would be like, I'm going to fuck you someday forever. And I'd be like, oof. Now's your it. moment. Go for it. Go for <laughs> it. I was I was like, you know, sure thing. Um, well, Becca then, will be upstate some this summer. Great. If we can stay together for another few months. I, I, I you know, as, as we just, as I just said in the hall, the only reason people stay together is because they stay together. That's it. That's it's what it takes. And you know, true. and I'm saying it here, and I'm copywriting this, that I am going to, I'm not kidding, I'm going to direct The Milk Train Doesn't Stop Here Anymore with you and Becca. All right. It's like, but I want to do, boom, the film version of that. Yeah, on Where it. you'll be Elizabeth Taylor <laughs> in that, and Becca will be, <clears throat> who's that guy that... Phantom Rowl and Meg. <laughs> <laughs> That girl will be Richard Burton. Yeah. Richard Burton is late. Yeah. Well. Um, so you and, wait, okay, so, yeah. So Emily Becca, Davis. Emily Davis, thank you. Single. So many uh, She's open. just, a, she's, she's my tidy whitey. We played sisters in um, one of the, uh, like the second show Half Straddle made. That is how we were introduced to each other was as... That was Ghost Ring? No, that was called Family. This was in 2009. Okay. And that. it, um, we just sort of like instantly sort of became sisterly. She's younger than me, but she played my older sister and uh, it felt appropriate yeah. because she's a Virgo and I'm a Leo. And I know that you reference the maids in or the in a, in a press junket because <clears throat> I get everyone's press junkets junket. and um, junket trunk. <laughs> and would you say that you're the Claire and she's the Solange? I would not. Wow, but she's the Claire. It's truly not that explicit. Um, it's well, when I think like... younger, older sister, I mean, I'm the Claire again. The Claire is the. Last year, Isabelle Huppert was on campus because her son goes to Bard, and we took, like, this walk around backstage. And I was like, you know, I did an adaptation of... I said I, I missed oh, the... Oh, I want to talk about that, too. I said I missed the maids that you did with Kate, but I did an adaptation of it, blah, blah, And I said, you know, I was... 
Claire, who were you? Just like Claire. And I was yeah. like, yeah, you know, topping from the bottom. I was really, that's, that's going to be it. the thing with this podcast. <laughs> and she looked at me in this way. And then she went, no, I was Solange, the one with the big monologue at the end. <laughs> and I really, I was like, I love you so much. <laughs> that's the person who's made me the most breathless. If I was to say anyone who's made me the most breathless, it was, it was really Perry. I mean, but that's because I truly attempt to play her on in every show I do. That's one of my secrets. One time I was a receptionist at this entertainment law firm, and I looked above the very tall desk, desk I was sitting behind, and there was a woman who I could only see from the nose up, and it was Rosie Perez. And I stood up, and she was wearing a neck brace. And she needed to see one of the lawyers, but not because of the neck brace. But I had to just to that obviously you out? play it cool. How have you not? I feel like you could meet. She's here in New York. I mm-hmm. feel you could meet Rosie Perez. Have you not? Wait, neither of us have been on Broad City. I know it seems That's weird. Cruel. That doesn't seem right. You and I both should be on Broad City. I mean, let's put it out there. Have you been on high maintenance yet? I've been to a lot of fucking auditions for high maintenance, but you know what? I know it's Dear Ben, happen. dear Katya, a, a star is born and she is here. Her name is Erin Markey. <laughs> no, I know both of them, but they, um, we just haven't found the right part. I wasn't the right weird neighbor with a cat. You have, it's, the role is really just, it's a role, you know, they cast for just for you. It's really like, just come and, and be, do your thing. Um, no pressure. No pressures. Never. <laughs> no, you know, take it easy on stage. Um, which is a Larissa Velez Jackson quote. So Take it easy on she stage. She goes, you know, tonight I want to just do something I like to call taking it easy on stage. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for Singlet, where did, did you write it in a residency? Or did, how did you? You know, I, I'm also writing... This musical right now called Little Surfer, and my original plan was to do Little Surfer um, in this time slot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but then when we made the budget, and um, I realized how much money I would have to raise to make it, I was like, I can either full-time write a musical for a year, or I can full-time fundraise to produce a musical for a year, but I can't do them both. So then I was like, well, why don't I make something smaller that I I don't know that I'm also just as hungry to make and I decided to write a play with no music which is which takes less time it really does <laughs> it really, really I don't does. think I've ever seen you do because there was singing in Puppy Love yeah it was a yeah. musical yeah mm-hmm. um I can't wait to see it. It's very relaxing to not have to sing because right? you don't have to be a secret little angel. Yeah. Well, also singing. I was talking with Reed about this because if you get injured in dance and kind of work around it, figure out some things, if you get injured in singing, it's there's no around it. It's that sound. There is, is but it's not cute. Yeah. It's. Yeah. I think it's a kind of more inhospitable way around it than dealing with it. You have to have, like, a punk rock backseat in your car. Yeah. Which, I mean... Which, hello. Yeah, you do. And I'm not, like, I wouldn't even... I I don't like to call myself a singer to make sure that my punk rock backseat is sort of more forward. It's my front seat. 
Uh, topping from the bottom. Topping from the bottom <laughs> and giving a real surprise when all of a sudden you belt out, when you really sing out, Louise. Um, but that's all terror. That's just when I belt the highest note I can belt, uh-huh. it's just a prayer that it will come out the way God, my Lord and Savior, wanted. Yeah, we'll have it, we'll have it be okay at that. That's how I feel around an, an F. Like, an F flat, I'm like, that's fine. Take me to an F. I'm like, mm-hmm. in my mixed... Okay. I feel you. That's my... That's a real... That's my C to D. And then in this, in Peter Pan, we we'll were just be talking going about to this. Queer Soprano Town. Yeah. You I are, was like, this you, is the summer of the Queer Soprano, and I just have to own it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that really should be a little mini CD that maybe you sell at merch at a little, like, um, folding table CD? in the... A mini How about CD? a laser disc, man? <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I'd found, when we were unpacking, Jeremy and I just moved, and, and when, I guess, somehow in the unpacking, Jeremy found and placed out, at my side, we have a desk that we share, he found and placed out um, the cassette of Madonna's erotica that my mom bought me when I was in seventh grade in middle school. Your mom bought it for you? Oh, yeah, because it was, you know, that had, like, a rating on it. This is, like, back in the 90s when, like, they'd look at and this is in Wisconsin where they'd like yeah. look at you over the counter and be like no way kid where and in Wisconsin again? I grew up in um, Prairie du Sac it's oh, yeah. like 2,500 people it's you know it was you know as I, I was saying to Peter Peter Smith who's playing our Peter Pan I said it was like boys don't cry without the funny parts <laughs> <laughs> he said I get it they said I get it um, and uh, oh man so my mother bought that for me and he placed it out, so I was texting it to my friend Jamie, who was obsessed with Madonna. And then he texted me that he had the laser disc of one of her tours. Oh my god. And still has Which it. Which tour? I think it was the Blonde Ambition. I think it was I think it was maybe it was the no, it was the girly show. Yeah, okay. the the girly show laser disc. Did you love Madonna having grown up out of Michigan and Well, I'm from the same hometown as her, Bay City. That's where she's actually originally from, not not Detroit. But um, my sister, I only knew how to be a, obsessed with my sister. Who, my sister was obsessed with Madonna, and I knew that Madonna was the right thing to like, but it was triangulated. You so, know what I mean? Yeah, I do. So did you, so you liked it in that way? Did you I have something that was like, more pure to you? Rainbow bright. That's it. I mean, but completely hello. Yeah. But what about Punky Brewster? I enjoyed the show. Okay, good. I mean, but it was a little like, you know, you a couple are, years make you a You literally big are a rainbow bright. Like if I thank you. In the show, the show that I did this past spring is going to come back and happen in January, and I mm. want. I'm actually looking at, and it's it's based on making solos for. Yeah. In this case, it was for uh, queer men. Yeah. But I want to make it for any any queer person for what who their original icon was and build solos for them based off of who that original thing was. If so yours you, would be Rainbow Bright. Yeah. So I would make like a, about think, a seven to nine minute solo on you based on Rainbow Bright. I think that you should do it. Yeah, I'll do it. I'm serious. I want, and and that's, that is something I'm definitely copywriting here. I'm copywriting Boom for in the future. That's a real like, I think when we're more in our like 40s. Yeah. Rainbow Bright is I think this year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Don't edit this out of the podcast because if you do, I'll know what happened. No, no, we're not. You're taking I'm, I'm it not, back. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm a younger that sister. That I'm not. A I'm lot. not, not going to take it back. <laughs> I'm really not going to take it back. Parker's a twin, so the way we Ooh. interface 
is just like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I love sibling dynamics because my siblings were so much older than me. It was like I didn't have them. Oh, yeah. My sister's 18 years older than me. My brother's 20 years older <laughs> than me. That's crazy. So I'm really, that's why I have those seemed like parents. an only child. Yeah. But fortunately, my sister was. Yeah. yeah. She was like the the lesbian with like high social consciousness. I remember telling her how much I loved Catwoman, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. Yeah. And she was like, it's an inappropriate um, thing. And I was like, why? And she's like, sure, her power is using sexuality. And then she went into the whole thing of what, how women have been portrayed that way to, for power. And I was like, oh, but I want to be it. So yeah. now turn it again and it's me. <laughs> so you see, she didn't know how to deal with that part. Yeah. She didn't know how to deal with that I felt I didn't want to feel like pinned by anything, mm-hmm. like anything, which is you know part of being an actress. Totally. Um, <laughs> so, in singlet, were you writing it for? Tell me your friend's name again. Emily. Were you writing it for that her always? Yeah. The fun thing about writing for a specific person is that you get to play into what they're good at, and yeah. you get to play. You get to write the edge of what would be. Um, slightly uncomfortable for them because that is a nice palpable texture and a live performance. Yeah, I fully agree. You yeah. want the edge. We want the seam yeah. between what's comfortable and what's totally uncomfortable. And I try to write that shit for myself too. Yeah. And it's fucking torture. It's torture, but I wouldn't have it any other way. It may be torture, but for for those of you listening to see Aaron perform, and it's some it's uh it's you have so much pleasure inside of it that and that pleasure quality is what makes it there's no way to look away we don't want to look away because of i and i think that's actually what great performing is it's it's you can be screaming and crying and going through all this stuff but there's such a sense of pleasure inside of getting to do those acts well because you also just like know what's on the other side of it which is that like having the experience of of having done it and also knowing that it will be over. Yeah. And, like, carrying both of those things at the same time. I also feel that you like to... I mean, I'm, I'm thinking back... The first piece I saw, I'm, you had bruises because it was full <laughs> dancing. And I've also really related to a desire to push physically yeah. and to push hard physically. That and is... I think there's something about living to the edge... In live Living performance, on the edge, <laughs> you can't help yourself from falling. Um, yeah. I'm currently covered in bruises because singlet. We're fighting the whole time. We're like wrestling, and we're like, it's not a mat, you know. It's just a straight it's up. It's that floor. floor at Bushwick Star. Yeah, and yeah. I've only been eating soup for the last four weeks, so my bones are they're hitting the floor more. You know what I mean? You've only been eating soup because you're going to be in a singlet? Well, that and I had a gallbladder attack at the airport Oof. 20 minutes before my flight. So I just Oof. didn't want to, you know Risk what I mean? anything. Yeah. It did it come out? No, like a, I didn't have to. Letter? I caught it. We don't know. When I went to the doctor, they were like, we can order you an ultrasound, but they probably won't call you for a few months. And I was like, that's perfect. <laughs> Because I just gotta get through this show. <laughs> I'm wonderful at avoiding things, yeah. and if I can have any help from a doctor's office, yeah. then thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> you know, um, I want to be on that big long river in Egypt. Um, so, uh, I mean, I f- and I feel that way. Sort like when I was writing Nightlight, Bright Light, and thinking of Reed and things I was gonna have Reed do, and 
I mean, I certainly write for the performers in my work. I yeah. mean, I might have a script and then it all changes depending on who I cast. Right. Um, and that's so pleasurable to get to do. How has it been rehearsing with each other? And was Jordan in all of the rehearsals? Oh, yeah. It was just like for for a while, it was just the three of us in the room. And it was really great to not have any more voices than that. And yeah. then to like build a little you know, emotional force field around, uh, the work. Yeah. And like, we're all going through a bunch of, you know, challenging relationship stuff at the same time. And it was cute. We had lots of, um, hug sandwiches like, and I would not expect that from any of us. It just, really, I would, I mean, I don't, I don't know the other two. Well, I mean, I feel they don't call it the Heartland for nothing. And I've always <laughs> felt, I mean, it's something that, uh, I mean, it's part of why I've always wanted to be able to spend more time with you and just scheduling wise, us not getting to, but even when I came over a couple summers ago, just to read Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf with you and Becca. Uh, is that what we read? Or did we read it out loud? I, or maybe we just talked about I it. I think we did. But it's, um, you have a lot of heart. You're not, uh, uh, either a performer who is so egocentric that it's unbearable or a performance artist in that realm on the other side that's a big snob and, and so kind of has a unapproachable classist right, right. nature. I think also kind of where we came from and how we grew up sort of without... A mm-hmm. lot. It's not like I grew up reading Roland Barthes, and uh, <laughs> you know, I grew up watching Dynasty. Yeah. And I thought you were going to say dinosaurs. Do you no. remember that sitcom? No, was it? A, it was what? like puppets that were kind of really? like Roseanne. They no. weren't puppets, but they were like big what? dinosaurs that just had a working class life. Remember, oh, wait, it was like a little baby one. Back. It was like I'm the baby, gotta love me. I kind of In remember that. Yeah. Wow, isn't that amazing? And now when you think of like how hard it is to get a an interesting TV show pushed through. And they were back then they were like, what if it's this dinosaur that's like a middle class family? <laughs> <laughs> it was a wild time. What a great time to grow up. Um Elf. I was just when you taught we're talking about dinosaurs, I was thinking about Elf. I remember yeah. the one where it was the like the Sasquatch. Oh, Harry and the Hendersons? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. That's right, <laughs> honey. Sasquatch. Well, that's what he was, honey. Like, he was giving you Bigfoot. And they were there like... so much So what of happens that. if... Big, you know the show I loved? The Little Robot Girl? Yes. Oh. And her? it was called... I remember, but then there was also Out of This World, where the girl could stop time with her hands. Ooh, I don't know that one. You will. You will when we look at it yeah. when, when, on our next break. It's the robot one was. I don't remember, but I loved her, and it bleeds into this one where it's this teenage girl who's like. I think this one is called Out of This World, mm-hmm. where she if she pushed her fingers together that would stop time, I do and if sort she clapped her hands, it would start time. Yeah, and it filled me with this sense of like strange kind of erotic I, mm-hmm. I was like oh, what if someone's stopping time and stopping and from the bottom and I don't know it's stopping <laughs> from the bottom <laughs> oh I'm so glad that that theme is through how was wait when did you guys open 
We opened on Saturday, last Saturday night, and the nineteenth. We were in previews before that. It was. Well, like, how were previews? Did you change it a lot during previews? Not a lot. We were just kind of refining. You know, the thing about the structure of the show is that uh, there are different kind of like intimate relationships that are different, like sort of portraits of different intimate relationships mm-hmm. that are woven through with and like sort of movement. done diagramming with each other yeah and so we really needed the experience of doing a lot of runs with all the design and the fucking kick ass like the design I will say even in moments when I was like I don't know about this show I was like but I do know that it looks fucking amazing is there a set yeah there's mm-hmm. a set yeah costumes mm-hmm. the set is like uh Who photo studio set? meets like gymnasium um carolyn mraz did the set she's it's a real familiar. dream boat in the design department and i'm sure in other departments but mm-hmm. i don't know from personal experience yet <laughs> um and then barbara samuels did the lighting design and it's that's all like photo light at the studio lighting equipment and shit mm-hmm. She did a good job borrowing because we had yeah. a very small budget. Yeah. And um, and then Jeff Aaron Bryant did the sound design. Good music. We cut a song. There was a song in the show. I cut it last minute. Can you imagine? I Me can. cutting my big I can. number. Kill your babies. Yeah. Well, especially when it's like, wait, why is this here? Exactly. But I it mean, took a it took a note from my good friend and other directing collaborator Ellie Heyman where she was like when we got to your song I didn't know why we were doing that and I was like you fucking Ellie Ellie's bitch. so great Ellie's but then so I was great. like she's right I mean it took four seconds but that's the feeling I had yep. during the song is I was like I don't know why I'm singing this yep. right now yeah I feel like an idiot I love cutting those parts yeah when it's something that especially if it's virtuosic yeah and then I have to kind of come up against my own truly coming out of, I think, a capitalist desire of, I can do this. Like, yeah. see, see, yeah. I I can. Yeah. Look at me, mama. You know? And totally. I was like, cut that shit out. I know. Be a human being. I know. And now perform like that. Yeah. And that is what's going to make it terrifying. Yeah, totally. When it gets... other Otherwise, like, you know, that's when you can go... That's where those more commercial elements, you can just go do that. Yeah. I think that is sort of more of, of what that's about. When it's just a solid machine. Yeah. Here we are at no risks. Pan. Here, I mean, in this like room <laughs> I took over. Uh, <laughs> and the Atlantic Theater Company. In the Google building. And the Please Google building. Please know that we're in the Google building. We are building. in the Google building. We're here till June 4th. You can try and come and find us if you want. You have to wait a hell of a long time for those elevators. Yeah, you That's why I brought to... you your coffee because I took me like literally 10 minutes waiting for the elevator to bring me up. It's weird. There's like seven elevators. And, and only two seem to work. And yeah. then you're crammed in with all these like people who are, I don't know what, like writing code. Google employees. Are you the one telling me about the massage room? What? There's, There's a massage, a massage room, room in the Google office. Oh, I want to get one of those. My neck is out. Mm-hmm. My neck is out. Um, so per, how how a performance has been going? How are you feeling in terms of reception and... This is one of my m- more stress-free experiences of putting a show up. Yes. And 
ideally that narrative is like moving is on an upward curve of stress-free lifestyle because yeah. I started meditating every day a year ago and it's, how long it's been really been a game changer anywhere from like 10 minutes to 40 minutes a day as any specific technique qigong like a standing meditation are you doing the arms and all of that with it Mm -hmm. that's heavy metal i'm going to a qigong school which qigong school um it's called the Tao of healing is that the one on lower east side no it's on 27th uh between broadway and sixth avenue and it's you have to like apply it's like hardcore you know yeah um, but I took like a little uh, six-week program of theirs, and it. I did it because I was like covered in psoriasis. I remember. I, I had like nothing, like left to do because I had tried everything, and um, it didn't. I knew it was going to take a long time, but for some reason I just felt committed and devoted. And then six months later, after I joined the school, it cleared. And That's amazing, Erin. I can pretty much like manage it without taking anything. Because I remember you had it when I met you, and I used to get it really bad on my hands. Oh, where I remember sucks. it was insane. I remember once trying to open a door, and the skin of my hand came off no, while opening the door no. and bled like it was I that. Know. I know. And every person I saw outside of Western medicine was like, "This is anxiety. Like yeah. this is stress. That's exactly what it is." And you are compartmentalizing it into this. Yeah. And it had begun when I was started getting abused as a kid. Really. That's when my psoriasis began. Wow. Or I think mine they termed eczema hand eczema yeah um and I used to get horrible sinus infections and what stopped my I used to go on antibiotics four times a year and what stopped that was Al-Anon like I was in Al-Anon of sense and in a year talk about like not being anonymous with my program right now but oh I'm putting it out there for people it was I had no boundary between me and other people's issues yeah. I hadn't been raised that way. So mm-hmm. anything, I just took everything in, and then my body had to find a way to process it. Yeah. And shut me down. It's got to, like, let it out somehow. So yeah. So it lets it out as big, gurgly, monster scales. It's very... Did you ever see The Brood by Cronenberg? Mm-mm. Uh, it's, <laughs> that's, it, it opens with this older woman. I think it's that the movie opens with this older woman coming home, and there's you see that there's some kind of, like small child or something in a little red hooded jacket in the house and then it kills her violently (laughs) and then someone comes home and sees it peering at them through the banisters and it runs away with like bloody hands and it's like this troll person meanwhile all these people start being killed who are related to this woman they're all related to her somehow her mom her dad other people in her life and she's at a retreat for dealing with somatic disorders Mm. And you start to realize that those things that are coming to kill people are growing out of her mm. and being sent to go deal with her past. Ooh. It is, it's one of my favorite Cronenberg's, Cronenberg I films. can't wait to see it. I'm a big film, films are really my steez. Mm-hmm. So if you ever want any well, kind of film, summer, you can ask me. I'll just I watch movies. Like, yeah. Well, that, we'll be doing this show. What we'll a- be doing this show and watching movies and I'll be taking you to the waterfall. I have heard tell of the waterfall. I'm very terrified of ticks. 
Oh, that'll be fine. That's my biggest barred oh, fear. Me. And you should be. Yeah. I'm likewise super afraid of it because everyone seems to have gotten Lyme. Um, we won't. Okay. We'll check each other. Because you know? it's also like they want to go in your butthole and stuff like that, right? I don't know so you're gonna about check that. Your butthole? You can check your own butthole, but I'll get your back, girl. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you I can heard check. they like like wet, juicy orifices. That I is. Mean, who told you that? Don't we all? Who told you that? Ah. Uh, yeah, someone told you that to just four out of five dentists. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Four out of five dentists have said, dear ticks, ticks dear love. ticks, <laughs> yeah. love. Although now I've heard maybe even bear ticks. Can, you know, bear ticks are the bigger ones and deer ticks are the ones that carry lime. And now they're saying bear ticks can carry them too. What's spooky about the tick thing is they were coming into people's homes on mice. So deer ticks would come in through like mice coming to the house and then like find their way to a human host. I don't like that. Well, you can't think about it so much. And you just check right. yourself. Just gotta pray you just... every morning when I wake up. And every night when I go to bed. <laughs> Dear God. Dear Jesus. Please let there be no ticks on me. Deliver um, the ticks from the mice's fur. You will you will. <laughs> You'll be fine. You'll check. All, you're not going to do like big hikes. I hate hiking. It's so boring. I like it, but I don't I have don't any like Timberlands. Oh. So how could I hike? Uh, someone donate Timberlands to um, Aaron. Please sponsor Aaron Markey with a pair of Timberlands. What size are you? Eight. It's Aaron, the most common. Aaron it's Markey. the most common size in the world. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be so much singing. I hope... That you and I get to have a dressing room together so we can just sing at each other. I'm sad that you already have a place to live. I will. I have the... We're probably on the house together. Oh, really? At, yeah, we're getting housing on at Bard. Yeah, but aren't and we staying in, like, dorms stay or something? I know. We're supposed to be in a house that has a kitchen. We're supposed to... It oh. says in the, our contract that we have a kitchen and shared bathroom. Dorms aren't going to have a kitchen. Right. Okay, I don't know. I don't want to get scared. I just want to get. Don't excited. let's not. Don't get scared. Really, take a note from Jen Harris when she went away to the. Do you ever hear her podcast? So fun. It's called Touche. I need to start listening to more podcasts. Well, when you're upstate with nothing to do except walk through the woods while staring at your arms, yeah. you can you can listen to Touche. You can listen to Touche podcast while you check for ticks at home. But right. when Jen was going to McCarter, she was like, "I'm leaving New York and I'm gonna fully just relax." Yeah. And enjoy this. Yeah. And that is always the best thing to do if you get to leave New York. No, you're right. The other thing I'll say about being upstate, it's it has helped me be able to write. Do you drive? I do drive. I do you a have car. a car? I do have a car. Okay, good. Can you imagine? That's what was also scary to me. Is I was I like, I'm just going to be trapped. <laughs> um, I have a car, and also you'll be able to ask production to, like, if you want to get groceries and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, if I'm not on campus at that moment. I mean... Caleb will right. help you out. Right. I'm sure this is boring people that I listen I know. to. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> as we talk about, how am I going to get my kale chips? The central conflict of the podcast was... is how will I get my Mary's gone crackers? <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor Mary, she's gone crackers. Um, okay, so uh, please come and see us this summer. You'll be hearing more about Peter Pan as it goes on. I'm sure Aaron will be my guest again because I'll I'll be upstate <laughs> and I'll be like, Aaron, let's let's sing. You know what? Maybe we'll be singing songs from Phantom for you. And then if you, it might, it'll be a lucky Friday if you guys tune in <laughs> and, and, and we're, we're doing Christine backstage after her first big aria. Um, and go see Singlet. It's at the Bushwick Star. 
I'm gonna be going, I think, next Friday. So if you want to see me in real life, you mm. can see me watching Aaron's show. And I'm, I'll, I'll be, be there. I'll be gagging. I just know it. I'll be, I'll <laughs> be real so. gagging. And I remember Do my not Irish. Sit in the front row. Why? Because you're not allowed. Why? Because I'm not. Because of your eyeballs. But I'm not. A, I'm not like vocal or a trip up in a show. Like I'm not no, gonna you be. You were sitting in the front row during Irish Cream, and all. Me oh my god, did you do you remember how, I gagged so hard. I think you sang something about whiskey. Is Scotch. Oh, and there was something you did with it where I like lost my mind. But and then like continued to lose it out. Even after the that part was over, I couldn't get that part out of my head and was like replaying as it was going. And I cried when that girl in the band sang with you. The cloud song. What Emily is Emily Bate. <sighs> Who co-wrote the music with me? Beautiful. She's like from a star. I know. You know? I She's do. magic. Um, I'm excited to see Singlet. I'm excited that we're gonna be working together. Aaron is playing Wendy. I'm choreographer here. I'm playing Tinkerbell, and we will have a fight scene. <coughs> it's gonna be majeure. Alright, I love you so much, Aaron. Thank you for I chatting you. with me on our quick break. Thank you. just me. Just me, Reed. And I don't have Jack and I'm in my studio and I've really been struggling with wanting to do my job. Doesn't that sound spoiled? Since my job is like drawing pictures and sewing things together and just thinking about stuff, talking to people, seeing performances. I know. It's not great. Um, but I'm spoiled. And, you know, you know, being rich doesn't necessarily make you happy. And having interesting jobs doesn't always make you happy. But sometimes it's great and sometimes it's uh, tedious. And right now it's a little tedious. But at any rate, um, it was so nice to listen to the Jack Aaron Markey interview. I think Jack assumed I would be uh, in Germany, but I'm not because I didn't go. And that was strange. I, I, you know, Harriet went a week before me to deal with fittings for Justin Peck's heatscape while, uh, I was in Boston performing for Ryan McNamara. And so while that was all going on, Harriet was like, you really don't need to be here. Things are pretty under control. And uh, so, yeah, I emailed them two days before I was meant to fly and said, I'm so sorry, but I I don't think I'm going to be able to come. And we have all this work that needs to be done in New York, which is true. And so, uh, yeah, while Harriet is there dealing with Heatscape, I'm going to stay here and continue on with projects that are pressing. And that's good. And I felt a tremendous relief when they didn't seem furious about canceling flights and hotels, etc. Um, but at any rate, Jack 
interviewed Aaron Markey uh, during rehearsals for Peter Pan, which you just listened to or will listen to in a moment. And here are my thoughts. Aaron Markey is wonderful and so funny. And uh, sometimes it was hard to tell who was interviewing her, but such is the nature. Who was interviewing who, rather? But that seems to be the nature of um, Jack's interviewing style. It's more of a conversation. Jack, you have to stop saying F flat when you're talking about music and where things are on staff or, you know, notes you can sing. F flat is, uh, though it might be a term used in some esoteric kind of uh, musical conversations, it's not a thing. F flat is E natural. So there's that. Um, what else was I going to say? Um, TV shows. That was a really fun part of the convo. Dinosaurs. That really was an absurd show. Alf. There was that time period of absurdity in American television. And the show, the name you couldn't think of is Small Wonder. What a fantastic show. She's a small wonder. She lived in that closet. And it was essentially about like a slave robot who was a child in a maid's uniform. Or maybe she just had like a red dress with a Peter Pan collar. Patent leather Mary Janes. I think that's more accurate. She looked a little bit like Annie when Annie gets rich, when Daddy Warbucks buys her a costume. Yeah. And Out of This World with Evie. That was a great show when she could stop time. Let's see. Um, other things that were funny. I got a good chuckle when, when Aaron Markey told the name of her sound designer, uh, Jeff Aaron Bryan. <laughs> Three first names. That was good, right? Jeff Aaron Bryan. Can you imagine? Another thing that was really hilarious. Um, oh, God, just left my brain. Aaron said something that really made me. Oh, when she called her siblings business people. <laughs> that was good. I really loved that. And also when when um, you were asking about who told Aaron that uh, ticks are attracted to like juicy orifices. And you said, who told you that? Who told you that twice? And then she said, four out of five dentists. <laughs> four out of five dentists. It's one of the best answers I ever heard. Um, that's it. It was a great conversation. Um, I'm glad that you guys have each other for the duration of this rehearsal process. I ran into Jeffrey Seller, who was seeing ABT last night with Andy Blank and Bueller who is apparently a Broadway choreographer, whose name I have heard, right? It's not a name you forget, Andy Blankenbuehler. Although I I did doubt myself and think maybe it was Blankenbuehler, but I I talked to Russell about it this morning, and it's Blankenbuehler. And Jeffrey Seller came up to me at the show, and he was like, oh, hey, Jack's friend. And then he tried to introduce me to, tried to, introduce me to Andy, and he was like, Blake, right? And I was like, no, Reed. But, you know, being called Blake, that makes sense to me. I was fine with it. And I, many years ago, whenever I would take uh, Willie Berman's class, actually, I think it was Willie, Willie Berman, I take his class. I mean, I took his class a few times. That's not a class I would take religiously. I'm not sadistic. But um, he would always call me Brett. Now, I don't know who Brett is or what Brett he could have been thinking of, but I was flattered. I did not correct him. But maybe my name or how I look kind of inspires people to think of one-syllable names. Brett, Blake, Reed, 
it, it tracks. Um, so anyways, we were, I ran into them last night. I don't know why I'm talking about them. You guys were talking about theater during your interview. But at any rate, I saw ABT last night do Firebird and the new Wayne McGregor Rite of Spring called After Right. And, uh, I mean, it was an underwhelming show. I've certainly seen Firebird dance better. The original cast was so phenomenal several years ago. It was kind of like made for them. It was David Hallberg as the, as the evil sorcerer and, um, Marcello as the prince. And I saw both Isabella Boylston and Natalia Asipova do the Firebird. And the Simone Mesmer was the the maiden who had been turned into like a a, a swamp person. It's just so incredible and funny and charismatic. Um, and the cast was so perfect. And not and the dancers who danced it last night are are good dancers. It just it just doesn't doesn't work as well. Um, it was Alex Hamoudi as the prince and Alexei Agudine as the what is it? Cachet, cachet, and then Devin Toysher as the Firebird and Skylar Brandt as the Maiden. And I mean, I will say that, especially for the young men, that they have to be aware of sight lines. And you're not done until you're done when you're going into a wing. You know what I mean? So I saw a lot of like uh, I saw them drop their energy and character before I stopped seeing them as they would exit into the wings, which was which is always disturbing. And I once in the late 90s or early 2000s saw Neilis Martins doing diamonds, probably with Wendy. And uh, he did some coupe jeté manège and a good like eight feet before the wings. He just trotted off stage as if we weren't watching him anymore. And that was a real shock. I remember Tiffany was with me and we had a good laugh as it was happening, because it was absurd. Um, what else is going on? Uh, oh, okay, let me keep going with this show. Firebird was fine. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a good, very character-driven version of the Firebird, and I, I, I like it. I didn't love it last night. And then the Wayne McGregor Rite of Spring. Well, you know, generally... I'm not for a Wayne McGregor. I find them I find them simultaneously thoughtless and overwrought with uh pretentious ideas that add up to nothing. So, um but this one wasn't entirely different than that but the dancing itself was not as grotesque as i usually find wayne mcgregor's choreography um it was a little bit more straightforward and cut and dry which felt really good i think because he had the score of rite of spring to use as parameters in the making of this choreography it kind of it gave him more structure felt a little bit paint by number in that way um but there was a nice thing where like it had like 13 or 14 amazing dancers from ABT in it and also these two kids. And there was a lot of standing around the space, which I liked. I could have just watched them stand around and walk from here to there for the whole, 
you know, 30 minutes or whatever. But unfortunately, uh, the walking around and standing still was interjected with um, kind of some pointless dancing. Um, Alessandra Ferry played a focal character who is a mom, as it turns out, of, I guess, these two kids who are being kept in this, like, glass greenhouse. And at the end, they get one of them runs away. Maybe she decide, does a Sophie's Choice moment, says, you can run away. The other one stays in the gas chamber, and someone turns on the gas, and that child perishes, I suppose. And then... Um, Alessandra Ferry does like a freak out pas de deux with Herman Cornejo, but unfortunately, though her body is um, inexplicably still so supple and ambulatory, but she doesn't have any attack left in her body, so everything is so tentatively approached. Um, she can't really throw her body around or be thrown around by her partner, so the there's no abandon in it and what the music was asking for and what the choreography seemed to be asking for was the sense of uh panic and abandon and that was not relayed um and alessandra ferry is a luminary and someone who deserves all the respect in the world for what she's given to the ballet world um, but you know, I didn't, I didn't need that. And I think that part could have probably been more successful, uh, danced by someone who can throw themselves around a little bit more. I won't speak too much more on that. Um, and what else? The space looked nice. There was these amazing, like, frosted, like, fla flaps from, like, the top, from the way up in the rafters down to the floor of the stage at the Met that looked kind of like, like butcher, like a, like a, what's it, like a meat locker? Like, you can walk through those flaps or, like, when you're going in for surgery, the meat locker. But unfortunately, they were projected onto for almost the whole dance with the, uh, pointless projections you didn't even see that they were made of this beautiful plastic that could be lit from behind until the last five minutes of the dance so that was unfortunately wasted but very beautiful when we did get to see it um the dancers were good i mean i can't it's not my thing but it wasn't the worst main wayne mcgregor i've ever seen and uh yeah there you have it. Uh, a really mediocre Rite of Spring. Um, and hopefully, uh, you know, it, it works out for ABT. They need, I want them to have success. I have friends who dance there. Amazing, amazing dancers. Um, okay, what else happened? You know, I didn't talk about this, but I went to that Dance of, dance of Cancer, Dance for Cancer Benefit, which is 
great and they raised like all this money for cancer and Neve Shulman was hosting this year at at Alice Tully Hall and he came out and told and said the funniest thing I mean he told this joke right at the beginning of his hosting that was so funny that I thought I'd never recover but he walked out and he was talking about his like relationship to dance and like why he's involved in the dance world and and then very earnestly he said you know I I really love dance and truth of the matter is I would have been a dancer but um but as it turns out I'm too hairy. <laughs> oh my god. They're really slayed. And it took the audience like five seconds to really hear it and then everybody lost their mind. It was just so good. The timing of it. Um and then the show was like as it usually is, like lots of dancing and duets and blah 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 and before each dance happens they they play this sad music and then there's a voiceover of whoever's about to perform going my name is you know misty copeland i'm a principal dancer with abt and i'm dancing in honor of my aunt celia or whatever and um suddenly right towards the end of the program these two russian or somewhere in eastern europe ballroom dancers were about to do their number and the sad music comes up and uh the the voiceover begins and the guy is like my name is dennis whatever i don't remember his name um i'm dancing in honor of walt disney i mean i think perhaps well let me go on and then the woman's voice came on and she's like my name is you know Anastasia or something I don't remember I'm dancing on behalf of in honor of Audrey Hepburn now I I wonder what they were told prior to recording that because something was lost in translation but at any rate maybe they've never known a person who's been affected by cancer it's possible but at any rate, I found that very amusing. Um, but it's not appropriate to laugh uh, a lot at the cancer show. And I know that. Um, okay, let's see what else. I wrote down some notes. Do I have anything else I wanted to talk to you about? Talked about Small Wonder. Talked about F-flat. I'm not in Dresden. I went to Boston. Had a not terrible time. I watched a movie, Hacksaw Ridge, in the hotel room. That was of particular interest to me because I, I didn't know much about it. But um, what does this say? Oh, yeah. Um, Hacksaw Ridge, Andrew Garfield. He's a very good actor. I mean, why why we're giving Academy Awards to Eddie Redmayne and not Andrew Garfield is beyond me. Um, he he gives a beautiful performance in this movie, which is absurd. Which starts out, and you think you think what you're laying your eyes on is a is a, a wartime comedy with Vince Vaughn as the as the zany general with one liners to his like troop of buffoons but it soon takes a turn when they go overseas to japan and people start getting their brains blown out very graphically i might say and all of the makeup effects of people's like um shattered legs and arms and torsos where everything just starts to look like scrambled eggs i mean 
you guys, I'm not one for gore, but this was so absurd that it's worth laying your eyes on. Um, have I seen anything else that's worth talking you through? I don't know. I'm going to go see some another program at City Ballet next week I'm excited about. I'm really, really excited to see uh, Justin Peck's Pulcinella Variations again. It's one of my favorite works he's ever made. And if you can get to New York City Ballet next week to see it, I highly recommend it. What a beautiful thing. I've thought about it a lot. Um, I think that's it. But I'm going to try to get this file to Jeremy ASAP because this thing is going up tomorrow. Friday, today's Thursday. Jacob Tidwell is about to come in and continue helping me organize the studio because I, I feel buried under one million scraps of fabric. So I've given him the horrible task of uh, folding them up, rolling them, tying them into bundles, and sorting them by color and type of fabric. I wish that was my job. But I have to make leotards, and I have to make wedding dress samples, and draw pictures, and you guys... I should. I, I know I'm. I shouldn't be complaining. Um. I took ballet this morning. Feel like self care, right? That's self care. You know, it's not self care. Staying up till two thirty in the morning watching YouTube videos. That's not self care, and I know that. But sometimes you get home from a show late because Russell and I had dinner last night after he was done performing, and I had a. Oh, I saw ABT. And we had a nice dinner at the Smith, and um, we had a good laugh over some things and and traded some, um, some pretty wild stories from our youth, which was great. By the way, Russell Jansen's drag party was great. And everybody did such a good job, and the performances were wonderful. Taylor Stanley made me cry. He did this performance of Michelle Obama's final address to the nation, and it was literally, he lip-synced it, and it was so skillfully done. It was astonishing. It really took me by, caught me by surprise. Um, I've gone on for too long. I love you, listeners, I think, some of you at least. Um, thank you, I think, Christina and someone who works with Aaron Maddox at The Joyce. Is your name Christina? And Ava? Ara? Oh, my God. You guys, my memory. It's absurd. I was told these names last night. A lovely person from Point Magazine who's written stories about Harriet and I. Thank you for talking to me last night at the show. And, and saying that you like the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, Jacob Tidwell's here. I'm signing off. It's time to get to work. We loves you. Bye.